Welcome to the PaxX Podcast, available on iTunes. This is episode 25 of the show where we talk about everything to do with the passenger experience. I'm Mary Kirby, and I'm joined by my co-host, Max Flight. Max, how are you doing? Very well, Mary. Did I hear something about you winning an award? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I just got back from the Paris Air Show at where uh, Runway, Girl, Runway Girl Network, I should be able to say that, right? Um, won Best Integrated Social Media at the Aerospace Media Awards there. It was uh-huh. really exciting. And uh, some of our contributing editors were there, Marianne, Seth, and John, and we were all able to accept the award as a group. It was, it was wonderful, I have to say, Max. I feel like... Uh, uh, it's a sign that we're doing something right. That's you know? awesome. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> thank you very much. But before we get started, we would like to thank eGate Solutions for sponsoring this week's podcast. We all want happy passengers. They buy more and they're likely to be more loyal to your airline. But delivering a positive passenger experience is hard when you're relying on legacy systems and manual processes. eGate Solutions provides the technology behind onboard services, connecting and automating every step of an airline's operations from the warehouse to the passenger. With eGate, you can spend less time and money on the process and more on optimizing the passenger experience, which really is what we are all in the business of delivering. Visit eGate Solutions online at www.egate-solutions.com or email them at info at egate-solutions to learn more. Now, it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Nigel Pickford, who serves as Director of Marketing Operations and Market Insight for CETA. CETA is a multinational IT company to the air transport industry, and this week it held its annual IT summit in Brussels, where a number of important announcements uh, were made. Nigel, thanks so much for joining us to discuss uh, CETA's news this week. How are you doing? I'm uh, very well, thank you, Mary. Uh, A little bit tired after two full days at the IT Summit uh, with an audience of 350 uh, senior IT representatives from the air transport industry. Um, And I'm still here in Brussels, uh, just now at the end of of, uh, a very interesting uh, and uh, very um, uh, quite excited discussion about catering for passengers where we we posed the question, are airlines ready to connect with travelers? Mm. Uh, this is recognizing the, the, the fact that now 83% of passengers do travel with a smartphone uh, and about 15% of travelers uh, travel with, with uh, three devices uh, on their trips. So for sure, we're in the age of the connected traveler. Oh, yes. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yes. For sure. Well, Nigel, welcome to the show. And I think we ought to jump right in and let's take a look at some of the PaxX news stories that are making headlines. Uh, first, during this summit, CETA revealed some great information about how airlines are really investing in personalization. So, Nigel, can you tell us about how airlines are tailoring the trip for passengers? Okay. Well, what we, we find um, in terms of uh, personalization uh, there is, a, for, for sure, a focus on uh, areas where they can allow the passenger to choose the way in which, for example, they consume or provide services. And one key area where we expect a significant transformation over the next three years is in the area of shopping, where traditionally shopping has been through the website uh, and most airlines 
generate most of their revenue either through uh, direct sales or through the website today. Uh, in fact, today they, uh, they only generate uh, $35 billion of their revenue, uh, which is around 4.8% uh, in 2014, from mobile sales. So what we see over the next three years is investment in the development of multiple uh, offers on the mobile phone, uh, which would allow airlines to increase the accessibility of direct sales to their passengers. In fact, we see by 2018 about three quarters of airlines offering multiple services, whether it's airline tickets, ancillary sales, or travel services generally for the consumer through the mobile device. And interestingly, we also see them uh, investing in developing sales on the kiosk, using the kiosk more and more as a method to allow ancillary sales um, at the airport. And 73% of airlines are likely to be doing that by 2018. Wow, Nigel, I uh, I love when I'm offered uh, the opportunity to say, for example, upgrade to a business or first class seat um, via the kiosk uh, and other amenities. And in fact, you know, uh, yesterday flying uh, flying home from Paris was given that opportunity. Um, I didn't take it, but I thought it, it was fantastic that this is a way for airlines also to be able to uh, get rid of that final inventory. Um, so so it's kind of a win win both for the passenger and the airline. Is that right? It's absolutely a win-win. And, and I think the whole, uh, the whole background to a more personalized service is, is to try and ensure that the passenger can actually be provided with information or services at certain touch points during the journey where they have a need to take action. In this case, we're talking about shopping. Um, for the airline, of course, you're absolutely right about the, uh, that if there is spare inventory to allow people to upgrade at the last minute, that's clearly um, advantageous to the airline in terms of increased revenue. And in fact, the forecast for 2018, um, given the introduction of these new services, is that sales through the mobile device will be at around $85 billion dollars by the end of 2018, which represents a growth in sales of $50 billion through the mobile device over that time. Wow. I think the uh, the sale of surplus airline inventory on a, on a device like this could be really a fascinating way to draw people in. In other words, if passengers know that if they keep watching, there might be something available that they can jump on, that gets them into the system and offers the opportunity for them to also be exposed to other services, other products that maybe the airline itself isn't offering, but are part of this kind of approach. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree, Max. Yeah, in fact, uh, 92% of airlines are, are investing specifically in services on the smartphone and 85% of airlines are running investment programs for services on tablets for people too. So although we're, we're sort of moving into this era of, of smartphone, tablet and, and phablet, halfway in between, um, we do actually see the airlines looking at different types of devices um, as the market in terms of devices develops.
Yeah, probably wear- wearables as well, watches, things like that. I think wear- wearables for sure is, um, is a key focus. It's uh, at very early stages, albeit though um, with the, the, uh, the Apple Watch uh, being launched very soon, um, this will actually drive, uh, I expect, significant development activity on the watch. And already we see that Geneva Airport has an app uh, for Geneva Airport, and, that, and that's been showcased by Apple on their website. Yeah, it's very exciting times. Nigel, you know, the airlines uh, traditionally, one of the complaints that they've had is that uh, a lot of their ancillary services haven't been reflected in the global distribution systems, that the GDSs haven't been fast enough uh, to evolve to be able to reflect kind of the full suite of offerings. Um, we've seen a lot of movement on the GDS front and, and, and a lot of improvement uh, according to a, a number of major airlines. But do you believe that ultimately the airlines want to have that direct connection with the passenger? Or are they happy to uh, be working with these other partners in the travel space as well, I guess, particularly as technology evolves? Do you have any kind of color that you could add to that? Yeah, my, my perspective on that is that airlines want to maximize all channels, whether they are direct or indirect. And the yeah. GDS channel is most definitely an indirect channel which uh, to date has, has, has had some limitations for the airline, um, one of which is their limited ability to sell ancillary sales through that channel and also the fact that that channel has not had total visibility back to the airline in terms of who the passenger is, who is booking that flight and any details about that passenger. So with... The strategy, I believe, for airlines is likely to be still embracing the distribution uh, companies, um, but they do want to maximize that opportunity. So the International Air Transport Association, IATA, are driving an initiative called NDC, or New Distribution Capability, which over time will push the GDSs um, to actually adopt a, a, a new approach to the indirect channel, which will expose more information and the ability to sell in a similar way that airlines are already starting to sell and have been selling um, for, um, for the direct channel. Nigel, as we become more personalized with the services and products being offered here, are there concerns about privacy? Is that an issue that uh, we should be thinking about? That's a, that's a great question, Max. And, and yes, it is. It is an issue, of course. And uh, people do uh, get concerned. But my take on this is that personalization should be a personal choice. Yeah? So if somebody wants the airline to provide them with information or services at certain points in the journey, then they have to give consent to share any level of detail about themselves that would enable the airline to do that. Um, and of course, without some supplementary information um, about the passenger, it is hard uh, to, to actually provide a personalized service. Sure. So information about their, their travel frequency or information about their age or their birth, when their birthday is, uh, this type of information um, should be made available, just like people do with, within Facebook or other social media platforms 
Um, it's in that what you expose is in your control as an individual, and that should be always the case. So that aspect of privacy, I think, is is definitely rec- recognised. Well, let's draw a line between technology and the airline investment in finding different ways to ease passenger anxiety. And we see a movement to mobile as we've been talking, self-services, bag drop, things like that, and, and many others. So, Nigel, is it true that passengers are happy to use this technology and also uh, see this increase in self-service? Is that uh, obviously a win-win situation for everyone? Well, in fact, uh, Max, we did we did do uh, an, an an assessment on emotions in our passenger survey this year, which was launched back in May, and using a, a technique uh, from a person called Plutchik. It's an established uh, emotional wheel approach to to assessing passenger emotions, and within this, we found that passengers were overall positive more positive rather when they are actually in control they like to self-serve during the passenger journey and they are most happy when they are self-serving on their own device so for sure the technology aspect does not seem to phase our traveling public in these days um, particularly since now 93 percent uh, uh, of them have uh, have a smartphone and, and are used to interacting with data and information. Nigel, what are the what are the points of the travel experience that are usually considered the most anxiety inducing for passengers in your in your assessment? Okay, well we 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 saw from the analysis that the most stressful point in the journey was security, uh, which is is not surprising uh, given that this is the area where we tend to experience most queues uh, at the airport. And we found that 36% of passengers had negative emotions about security. And that, that meant that 64% actually were happy with it. Yeah? So, so, so the net assessment is people are, are more positive than negative, but this is the area of most, most anxiety, uh, which combines also with a degree of anger uh, that is experienced by passengers, but <laughs> one area, the one area where we, we we then see the next level of anxiety and anger is bag collection, where thirty one percent of passengers are showing negative emotions, and in this case, the strongest emotion is anger. So there is actually definitely a um, a consideration to be made by the airlines at this particular point. Um, when it's because in at the security point, the airlines can't necessarily control what happens at that point. The airlines can actually ease anxiety by providing communication to the passenger to advise them in advance that there is a queue at security. But in terms of fixing the inherent problem, that's out of the airline's control. But when we look at baggage collection, um, this is an area where the airline in conjunction with the ground handlers and the airport operator could look to, to, to improve this area. And it's, there is, it, it's a complex situation because it's not something that is necessarily dependent just on IT. Uh, there is a, a, an aspect of process and there is an aspect of the layout of the airport that actually causes some of the 
uh, anxiety and, and, and dissatisfaction at that point. That's fascinating, actually, Nigel, that the, that the most anxiety-inducing times are at the very, essentially the beginning of and the, and the end of the journey, right? That, that in-flight is actually not as, as bad, I guess, unless you're a fearful flyer. Well, for in-flight, we see that 91% of passengers are positive about their experience on board. Hmm. What was a little bit surprising there was that actually they were more happy with their experience in dwell time at the airport, where 95% of people showed positive emotions for their time after they had passed through passport control and security ah. while they were waiting for their flight. So this at the moment seems to be slightly um, higher in a passenger's uh, view in terms of positivity than, than, slightly, than the onboard one, which is at 91%. That's where everybody's going to the bar, right? And grabbing a drink before they're flying. No, I'm kidding. It'll be a sign of, a sign of relief after coming through that long queue at security. Maybe a solution is to put a bar in baggage claim. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always, uh, I think I'm always anxious. I always wondering if my bag is going to come out and what it's going to look like. And uh, then there's just the wait. And uh, it seems to always take such a long, long period of time. There is actually, Max, a, um, there, there, there was one aspect that's IT related where, where CETA are involved, where we, we do see some improvements happening in the future. Um, and it relates to information about who currently has custody of the bag and when is the bag handed from one uh, entity to the next. Because uh, if you think about it, the bag um, is on the air aircraft when the aircraft lands, uh, therefore it's the airline who have custody of the bag. Then there may be a ground handler um, who's working on behalf of the airline who takes custody of the bag as they take it off the aircraft. And then it's taken into the, uh, the sortation uh, area before it arri arrives on the carousel and there may be uh, another party involved to put the bags on the carousel which might be the airport staff for example so because of those handoffs we need to find a way where we can track that using technology and uh, there is uh, work ongoing now with uh, between uh, CETA uh, and IATA to, to look at the ability of airlines to comply with a new resolution uh, that was issued um, by IATA on this very topic. And uh, the resolution is called Resolution 753. And this is uh, aiming to improve the, the baggage tracking process with a mandated um, approach to be introduced from 2018 onwards by airlines globally. Well, this could kind of tie into the Internet of Things and the the beacons that might come into play. Can you tell us a little bit, Nigel, about uh, what you learned in the survey on that topic? Yes, um, on on the beacon side, we have um, we asked the airlines um, whether they are actually uh, investing um, in this area. We asked them about whether they felt uh, Internet of Things had value. And uh, we find we found quite interestingly that uh, in terms of this uh, this area, uh, eighty six percent of airlines already believe that the Internet of Things can bring the industry clear benefits within the next three years. Um, what was 
more surprising and, and, and very positive was that actually 67% of, of airlines said they can see those benefits already, the, the potential of, of the benefits already. So um, there is clearly a lot of thought and, and, and reflection taking place now in terms of how we can leverage this, this phenomena um, in the air transport industry. Although this is a very new in terms of, of a trend, we do see that, uh, that 37% of airlines have already allocated budget to start to trial and look into um, methods and uh, practices with the Internet of Things um, concept. And when we talk about that concept, uh, Nigel, what we, what we mean is uh, objects that are connected to the Internet, correct? Yeah, I think there are different definitions, I guess. I think in simple terms, I see it, it is, it is anything that transmits or receives data. Yeah, so, so this, uh, and, and, by, and, and by that fact, it, it can connect to the internet. Yeah, so um, whether it's, uh, um, it's uh, intelligent souls in your shoes that can track uh, how far you're walking, uh, whether it's uh, monitors on your wrist, um, that uh, monitor your heartbeat, uh, whether it's um, beacons. These, all these different things are examples of things within the internet of everything, as I now call it. You know what, guys? My sister's house is connected nose to tail. <laughs> everything from the coffee pot to the, you know, the garage door opener to the, d- the doors, uh, you know, she's able to monitor if anyone is going in or out, um, down to a, a candy machine in her house. I mean, the whole thing is, is kitted out. And, um, I, I wonder, do you get to a point where you got too much data and you don't know what to do with it? Uh, you know, is that what the industry needs to figure out, Nigel, at this point? That's, that, that's an excellent, uh, point, uh, Mary. And, and even before the internet things of things comes upon us in the air transport industry, um, airlines and airports are struggling with how to manage the data that they have already. Uh, let alone the, 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 the explosion of additional data that's likely to be created as a result of the Internet of Things. The, the reason why they, they, there are immediate challenges are because there are different places where data exists within the air transport already. Some data is with the airport, some data is with the airline, within the airline Data is in various systems, uh, and not all systems necessarily um, talk to each other or, or, or as, as are as integrated as, as they could be. And this is a very key point because if you want to be able to provide personalization to a customer um, in their journey, you need to ensure that that customer is provided with a, a single view of the truth. And if they have multiple applications on their device, say an airline app and a, um, an airport app, and they've just landed at a at the particular airport, um, uh, and they get information from the airline to say your baggage is delayed by 10 minutes at the car- to the carousel, that's good information. But if they then get a message from the airport operator that said your baggage is delayed by 25 minutes, then they're already confused because right. the, there is 
the difference between the information they're getting. So there is for sure um, a need both within the different stakeholders' own businesses and um, between them to ensure that we manage data in a consistent manner to make sure that apps are delivered with what is the right information at the right time for the passenger, depending on their circumstances. So it is a challenge, for sure. And not only is is this re- re- relating to, uh, I would say, the, um, the data that's internal to the, to the airline, more and more, as the Internet of Things comes along and we want to in- integrate uh, other sources, this will add a- another level of complexity to the challenge. So it is for sure an area that is going to possibly create not only a need for airlines and airports to reassess their, their IT architectures and infrastructure that they have, but it also demands the stakeholders in the industry to look at how they better share data between themselves. It, it seems like CETA is particularly kind of well-placed to assist the industry in doing that. You guys are comprised of, of, of the airlines of the world. We, we are indeed, and, and we have been providing multiple um, services to the industry over the previous years, which allow airlines to have common infrastructures and share the infrastructure. Um, we also have the means uh, to allow airlines to exploit the sharing of of information from their uh, from uh, for their applications uh, so that we can actually channel a trusted supply of data um, to stakeholders multiple stakeholders who have been given permission by the owner of the data through a uh, a very sort of structured and and uh, and considered way. So, as earlier, I was talking about the the passengers' uh, privacy issues and needing to to give consent when they share their own private information. The whole idea of sharing data between the industry stakeholders at a business to business level also needs to 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 honour the same principle. So, CETA has has built the capability to allow that to be managed globally by airlines. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, we are rapidly coming to a close here. We want to thank our, our, our listeners. And remember, you can find us online at runwaygirlnetwork.com and on iTunes. Be sure to follow all the Runway Girl Network activity on Twitter at, at @runwaygirl, And remember to use the PackSex hashtag when tweeting about the passenger experience. Join in the conversation. I know that CETA has, and we, we're, we're, we're grateful and very happy to see uh, CETA uh, using this hashtag. I'd like to reiterate our thanks to our sponsor, eGate Solutions. And I'd like to thank Nigel for being our guest. Nigel, where can listeners find you at? Well, if they want more information about the, uh, the airline and the passenger IT trend surveys, they could visit uh, CETA.aero. And if they wanted to contact me, they could do so from there. Great. Very good. Thank you, Nigel. And thank you all for listening. Please join us again next time as we talk about the passenger experience on the PaxX Podcast. Take care, everyone. 